The sermon, preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on April 12, 2014, it based on Acts chapter 3, verses 14, 15, 18, and 19. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit brings us to our risen Savior is selected verses from the first lesson from Acts chapter 3. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. This is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. They were just two boys playing together, best of friends. Let's call them Ben and Joe. Sometimes they tossed the football back and forth. Sometimes they played cops and robbers. Sometimes they ride their bikes around town. Just two boys having fun on a summer afternoon. One day, while Ben was digging around in his dad's closet, he found an old metal box. And inside, he found what he thought was a great discovery. How much this would enliven their games of cops and robbers, he thought. And so he called out to Ben, or he called out to Joe. And as Joe raced into the bedroom, Ben swings around, and before he knows what happens, a flash, a bang, an acrid smell of sulfur fills the air. Get up, Joe. See what I found? Get up, Joe. Stop fooling around. Get up. It takes a while before the enormity of what has happened sinks in. But as the blood pools, Ben realizes that Joe is not fooling. You killed your best friend. How the horror of that strikes deep into our hearts. For you see, dear friends, we have killed the author of life. That's the accusation that Peter speaks to the crowd and to you and me as well. That's the horror of our own sin. You have killed the author of life. Now what happened in his dad's bedroom was seared onto Ben's heart for the rest of his life. He could never erase from his mind the sight, the sound, the smell, the lifeless body. And we, dear friends, cannot erase our sinfulness. We have killed the author of life. Do you see the enormity of our sin? Now, as, as Peter preached to that crowd there, 
I would guess most of them had not been in Pilate's courtyard on that Good Friday morning asking for Barabbas. And yet, notice what Peter says to them. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released. Most of them had not been shouting, crucify him, crucify him on that Friday long ago. But Peter says, they are all guilty. You killed the author of life. And that accusation rightly falls on you and me as well, dear friends. We killed the author of life just as surely as if we had been there shouting, crucify him, crucify him, just as surely as if we had pounded the nails into his hands. For you see, no matter what sin we commit, each and every one of our sins makes us guilty of that crime. Do you see the enormity of your sin? Yes, it doesn't matter what kind of sin it is. And when we look at sin, we, we realize that different people are prone to different kinds of sin. One person gossips, another silently nurses a grudge. Some fall into greed, others into lust, others into rage and anger. Some are prone to worrying, others to carelessness. Some may keep their sin internal, finding pleasure in thinking about it. Others act on it quickly. You get the picture. Many different kinds of sins, and yet it, it doesn't matter. Each and every one of them makes us guilty. And in fact, there is one sin that every one of us is guilty of. And that sin is the, is, is the sin of downplaying our own sinfulness. The sin of failing to see just how bad my own sins are. It's so easy for us to say, well, yes, I'm not perfect, but at least I haven't done that. And then we name whatever we're not so prone to, but other people might be. We fail to see the enormity of our own sinfulness. And that, dear friends, is the, the Pharisee with inside, of, uh, inside of each of us. I, I think sometimes we try to distance ourselves from the Pharisees by imagining sort of a caricature of them. We, we sort of imagine they're like those villains in some of the movies that outwardly pretend to be upstanding citizens, but when you have the behind-the-scenes look at them, you know they are really the bad guy. That's, that's working outside the law. They're the arch-criminal. But the Pharisees, dear friends, the Pharisees were the upright citizens. They weren't just pretending to be. They actually were. They were the church-going people of their day. They were the conservatives. The Sadducees were the liberals. They were all for the Ten Commandments and moral standards they would have lamented of how immoral our society has become and how things just are getting worse and worse. And because they were the good people, they failed to see the enormity of their own sin. Others were worse. 
and if my sin isn't so bad, maybe, maybe I can do something to erase it. Or so the Pharisee inside of me imagines. Don't follow the Pharisee within. Rather, confess the enormity of your own sin. Let Peter's accusation, let that charge hit your heart hard. You have killed the author of life. Even our smallest sin makes you and me guilty of that crime. How could we ever erase something like that? You have killed the author of life. Yes, it wasn't just an accidental killing of a friend. You killed the author of life, the one through whom all good flows to us. You killed the one through whom all things, including you and me, were created. We have killed the one who came from the Father as the light to bring life to those in darkness. Confess the enormity of your sin. For you see, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Yes, your sins and mine brought death to the author of life. Not just our big sins, but every one of them individually, even the smallest one, brought death to the author of life. Confess how unerasable your sins are. Confess the enormity of them all. But then listen to the rest of Peter's sermon. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. This is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets. As enormous as your guilt is, God's grace is greater. He planned out how to erase our unerasable sins. And over the centuries, he revealed that plan through the prophets and had it written down in the scriptures. Not even the enormity of your sins or mine could stop God's plan, for Jesus has risen. Believe it. Yes, dear friends, believe the astounding plan of God's grace. Even though our sinfulness made us unlovable and worthless, God's grace wanted to rescue you and me. Even though our sins cost the life of his own dearly beloved son, God's grace wanted to erase our sins, every last one of them. Even though our sinfulness meant that we killed the author of life. God's grace saves. Believe the astounding plan of God's grace. Believe it. For you see, God raised Jesus from the dead. Easter, Christ's resurrection, is God's verdict that Jesus himself is completely innocent of all the charges against him. That all the crimes, all that had been counted against Jesus had been erased. Completely 
and fully erased. Not just partially erased. There wasn't like when you erase a whiteboard and there's still that faded image there. There wasn't any chalk dust or rubber eraser shards left over. But everything that had been charged against Jesus had been fully and completely erased. Now, whose sins had been charged against Jesus? Whose sins had been written down against him? Yours and mine and the entire world's. And so whose sins does Easter erase? Think about it. If our sins were so thoroughly charged against Jesus that he actually died for them, what does his resurrection say about your sins and mine? They are erased, completely and fully erased. Yes, Easter erases the unerasable. Easter erases my sins. Yes, I have killed the author of life, but by his death, he has paid for my sin, and by his resurrection, I have a clean record, and so do you. For your Savior, Jesus Christ, lives. Believe that good news of Easter, that your sins are erased. That is the astounding plan of God's grace. Believe that good news as you hear the apostle call out to you and to me. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. You see, many want to hold on to their own record. They want to hold on to their record to show how they were better than others. They want their effort recorded. But dear friends, as long as we are holding on to our own record, we are still clinging to our sins. Repentance, though, lets go of our own record and clings only to Jesus Repentance turns to God in faith, believing that good news. Easter erases your sins. For Christ has risen from the dead. My Savior lives. What an astounding plan God had worked out for us. Easter erases your sins. Believe that good news. And how refreshing that message of Easter is. Easter erases your sins. So be free from guilt. Every day, let that good news wash over you. For you see, every day you have a clean record before God. Easter erases your sins. Easter erases your sins. So no longer be driven by that fear that wonders whether you have done enough to make God happy. There's nothing refreshing about that. Rather, plunge into that good news that Easter erases your sins. Plunge into that good news like a refreshing shower each day. For as our hearts are refreshed with that message of forgiveness in Christ, that message that Easter erases sins, that changes the whole way we look at life and our whole motive and reason for doing what we do. With the Easter message filling our hearts, we become eager to serve our Lord. 
yes, refreshed with the Easter message. Serve the one who has erased all of your sins and continues to erase them day after day. With the Easter message refreshing your heart, obey the one who smiles on you because in Christ you are his own dear child. With that Easter message filling you, refreshing your heart, shine out with his love because he loves you dearly. With that Easter message refreshing us, day after day, we are readied to eagerly and gladly live for him who died for us and rose again. And so, dear friends, each day confess the enormity of your sins. I have killed the author of life. I cannot erase my crime, but Jesus has. My risen Savior has done it. He has erased it fully and completely. That's the astounding plan of God's grace. Believe this good news with all your heart. Easter erases your sins. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.